All right, Jubilee, we're live here. Ingram Smith uh, with a quasi-instant reaction podcast. Uh, I'm not sure I am live here. Let me just check. Sorry about this. Yeah, we are. Good deal. All right, so, um, yeah, that was a smooth, solid opening, wasn't it? Uh, Ingram, Nolcast, let's talk about what we saw last night. Florida State beats Duke, moves to 7-0. and uh, I will say that I'm on hotel Wi-Fi and I've been kicked off the internet twice in the last 30 minutes. So fingers crossed this goes well. Um, but yeah, so we didn't have an instant reaction podcast. Honestly, on night games moving forward, it's going to be hard for us to do that. Just with Bud has uh, national responsibilities, and I have some things that going uh, going to be hard for me to do a podcast on for night games. So. Um, First of all, incredible time yesterday. Um, night games are better everywhere. Uh, but this fan base and, and that building, it's uh, just something something different. Um, and it's was really awesome. You know, a, a environment that I wasn't sure that you would be able to uh, – <laughs> an environment that I wasn't sure you were going to be able to create for Duke. You know, better yet, Duke is a legit team with a solid roster and really well coached. But, you know, the logo is the logo and um, just the general fan has a pretty lagging, uh, lagging appreciation for maybe a program status or, or where it is or whatever else. So, uh, no, that wasn't the case at all. Last night was incredible uh, at Duke. It was great to be reminded of uh, what that can be. And that was a... Uh, that was a, a really special night with a special environment that at times uh, had a had an impact on the game. You know, that Duke, uh, certainly their second quarterback, second team quarterback guy came in after Leonard was injured or, or re-injured. Um, didn't appear to to be real familiar with, uh, with how to handle a, an environment like that. So um, let's start with the defense. Or I guess let's start by thanking our sponsors. Um, Congruity, Matt Lewis saw an old time or an old friend of mine yesterday. Uh, we've known each other about 15 years or so, and he asked me if he could get a little congruity information <laughs> as a uh, as a loyal Nolcast listener. And whether it be uh, people that I used to uh, drink too much with in college, or uh, just listeners of the, of the Nolcast in general, uh, love to introduce you to Matt and his team at Congruity. Uh, fantastic people that we've loved working with, and, and I've done my best uh, to work with it at every stop that I've had uh, professionally. So, um, all right, let's start with the defense. Defense is, um, you know, it is a very good, good defense that, well, is a good defense that has appeared very good in the second half of, of games. So, um, um I just I chuckle at some of the comments that I see there. Sorry. Um, I do think that you can have some concerns with how this defense plays at times, uh, or there's certain position groups that may not be everything that you think they should be uh, compared with some of the better teams that you've seen uh, wear garnet and gold. But, you know, I don't think anybody really – well, yeah, 
but on the whole, it was a very solid defense. And they were uh, special last night, and particularly in the second half. You know, the defense gives up about 10 points, and um, Shaheem Brown, I don't want to, like, get over my skis with this, but Shaheem Brown is developing into a plus-level player very quickly, and as soon as that guy came onto campus, you started hearing feedbacks from um, from coach, or you started hearing feedback, excuse me, from coaches uh, about the type of player he was, and legitimately some guys who coached ball for a while uh, thought that he could be a, you know, potentially be a first round pick. And at the time, I thought that might be getting over skis a little bit, but. Um, yeah, you can see that type of player starting to come online. Uh, linebackers are very solid. Tatum Bethune is what this program has needed for a couple of years. Just the fact that he's a bona fide linebacker uh, who runs around and hits people. Kalen Deloach has a uh, skill set that is as you know needed in the modern game as, as you could have. And um, you have two really solid linebackers and. You know, you're starting to develop some depth behind them with with Lundy being a legit third uh, as well. Defensive line, look, I know if game doesn't end with uh, with two sacks that by Jared Verse that some people are disappointed. Um, Jared Verse is playing his rear end off. What I was very encouraged is that, uh, man – you're starting to see the flashes from Fabian Lovett that, you know, we, we all know how good Fabian can be. And it's what happened at the LSU game last year. So just wildly disappointing. Um, but when that guy is right and when that guy's healthy, that is a super, super impactful defense alignment. Uh, Josh Farmer has continued to progress. I just, I like, I really like where you are on the defensive line. You've got a you've got a great group there. And again, just because Jared Verse doesn't end the game with two and a half sacks doesn't mean that you're not getting some of uh some of the production out of that group. Uh defensive backs, Fintrell Cypress really continued to uh to develop and come online. Renardo Green is a solid, solid player uh that, that you know you can wholeheartedly depend on Jerry and Jones is a better player than I ever thought he would be. Um, Michael Johnson pick points out Fisk. Ooh, Fisk is, Fisk is a crazy good player and numerous times just threw his guy off of him was a vic was a victim of a couple holding calls that weren't called many a holding call was called. I'm not really going to make a issue out of the uh, officiating, you know, it's a, it's a Flanagan crew. You know, you're going to get a couple interesting calls, uh, for <laughs> that, that go against both sides. So um, don't don't ever really want to get bogged down in officiating, unless it's just egregious. But Fisk is a player that uh, you really, I think there's more appreciation in person when you see him play because you get you get an appreciation for the motor. You get an appreciation as to what it takes the other team to block him. The quarterback is constantly. Um, you know, trying to move out of uh, or constantly having to just course 
adjust because of uh, because this dude is just a pain in the rear end throughout the course of a game. So Fisk is a special player, also involved in kickoff return on the uh, the one that you take back, and I believe everyone else this week. Uh, I think he was incorporated into a couple of uh, special teams packages there, and you just got a special player in there. So um, special teams, Fitzgerald. And if that's not as a significant turnaround from somebody that you could ever hope to see, uh, just remarkable. Kid's been perfect throughout the year. And uh, he'll, <laughs> your old Australian punter uh, continues to be very much a solid asset. So um, special teams have been, been great. And uh, big hat tip to the uh, young man from Moultrie, Georgia, who went through his toughest stretches you're going to go through as a player last year and um, responded well last year and has responded incred incredibly well. Um, incredibly well through um, through seven games so far. Couldn't ask more for a kid and couldn't be happier for a kid who put in a lot of work. Um, also want to thank the legendary team, Chad and Shannon, uh, couldn't be better people to work with throughout the mortgage process. Shannon is uh, is uh, just professional. Legitimately, I've never had a, a bad word said about him as to the experience. I've had uh, some of my best friends in, in the world and Bud and others that have worked with him. Uh, many a Nolcast listener. A guy is who you want on your side uh, when you're going through a process like that. 844-FSU-LOAN. Uh, and uh, Chad is as passionate and a supporter, uh, passionate supporter of Florida State Athletics and Florida State University as anybody that you're ever going to find. Um, is uh, I think the question is is uh, do is it produce do spawn? Uh, I don't think so. I've I've talked to Deuce a couple times and have never picked up that that's uh, the pronunciation of his last name. If it is, then. Uh, We'll, uh, we'll do our best to adjust accordingly. Uh, now, Deuce's return, if, you, if we want to stay with special teams real quickly, uh, just brilliant. You know, you have the, the what, Deuce Bobbles one. Then you have Rodney Hill who took it out from the end zone and only got back to the 14, which is a moment of frustration uh, for some, and I certainly understand that. Uh, look, Deuce is – I mean, I said uh, a couple – of months ago that like every time I'm at practice or whatever, and you see Deuce, you know, run out for a play or whatever, I still kind of do a double take because like, that's, that's what an NFL wide receiver looks like. And he's got that kind of skill set. and Deuce is just wildly, uh, wildly fast. And I would, uh, I would be hesitant to, <laughs> He's wildly fast. He also shut it down about 30 yards out from the goal line. So I would be hesitant, like, to compare Hakeem Williams running with Deuce in a manner of, say, Carlos Williams in the national championship game uh, because Deuce knew he was going to score and Deuce uh, was happy in the moment, and I'm glad that he could be, and it was awesome to see, and it was a wildly meaningful play. So uh, awesome Awesome night all around uh, for the special teams and, you know, absent a uh, kickoff return 
recently the special teams have been pretty solid this year. Um, I do think while we're – I should have talked about this while I was talking about the defense. So I think both things can be true, right? Like Duke could have lost some steam, could uh, have – had a much greater realization as to what the end product of the game was likely going to be when they lose uh, Leonard. But you can also look at what Leonard, I mean, Leonard wasn't killing you by any means. So but I think both things can be true. Like Florida state was playing a high level of defense while Leonard was still in the game. They, they had some success in the first quarter. They got a pick six, whatever. Um, I think a lot of just in general people, look at the score, associate with the quarterback, and then look at what happened afterwards. Uh, I don't know that uh, had Leonard stayed in this game, you know, maybe do you win by 18? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you win by 13 or 14. I don't know. But I, I also, you know, want to say that and also will acknowledge that, look, when your quarterback gets knocked out of a game, that it does impact a team. You know, let's we don't we don't have to act like it doesn't otherwise. So I think we can live in a world to where there's maybe a tad bit of nuance and both things can be true here. And I'll uh move on from the uh from the Leonard conversation. So um offense. Okay, here's there's a little bit more of a an interesting and, and varying conversation. I think you can also have nuance here. You can say that um, last night you saw some of the real limitations that exist, uh, perhaps with this offense. And, you know, I don't know what the ceiling per se, but you, you certainly saw a dimension to this offense that you have. Look, if Jordan is, is running and, and Jordan is playing with the attitude that you saw him play in the last 20 minutes, then this offense can be very, very special. And, uh, this offense can can maybe get away with like not being able to just line up and and you know drive people off the ball. Um, Duke has a good defense and a good defensive line, but not like inherently special. Uh, and I do think that you know for me, anyways, it was the the final piece of the reality puzzle is to, yeah, you're going to be limited in trying to run North and South and stuff like that this year. Okay. You just, you are, um, you've got guys that are busting their rear end and are playing and are playing through, um, you know, you just got guys showing guts and effort. Uh, but the offensive line has certain limitations. Okay. We can, we can acknowledge that. And, uh, I think that if you see the, the Jordan in the you know final 20 minutes of that game uh, that you do that, you know, that's probably the best masking agent that you have for those limitations. And, you know, maybe it was just because, uh, because it was a night game and <laughs> there were, you know, elements of that fourth quarter performance from Jordan in particular, that it felt like the guy that I saw play against Florida last year, you know, the guy was great in space uh, for, for other players with string along plays with uh, decisively deciding to tuck it and run. And, um, you know, you don't have to be 
like a football savant or anything to understand what it means when a quarterback runs the ball. I'm certainly not a football savant and understand what it means to a defense from a numbers perspective and uh, how it impacts, you know, how they have to play some of the things that they have to respect. It's also just tiring to, you know, be chasing after a quarterback and, um, at times can be disheartening too to stop a guy and then have a quarterback, you know, pick up 13 yards with his feet on third down and extend a drive. But, um, you know, I, I think yesterday, and I'll be interested to uh, watch the game again and interested to get Bud's opinion on this. But, you know, yesterday, I think can, can be an acknowledgement uh, of what the offense can do. And speaking of that in a, a couple of different um, you know, speaking from that, as far as a couple of different outcomes, as far as what your limitations are and perhaps what you can do to, uh, mask some of those limitations and, and play in a manner that is, uh, as complimentary to the pieces that you have on offense as you can. Um, I don't know anything about injuries. Uh, I will be very interested to hear more about Johnny Wilson. Um, you know, Johnny, Look, Johnny dropped some balls against Southern Miss, all right? And he, he's had a couple other drops. But past couple of games, uh, Johnny Wilson's been as good as, you know, anything other than maybe the Oklahoma game or something like that. Johnny Wilson's been an incredible part of the offense. And you just can't – yeah, you just – I don't know too many defenders that are going to be able to stop Johnny. He's six foot seven. He's not a lean guy by any means as far as a small frame. Yeah. I'm good on housekeeping. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. So I guess just when people be podcasting, housekeeping is a coming. So that's funny. Um, Johnny's a special player. Okay. And Johnny and, um, you know, Johnny and Keon are two guys that pretty much any defense is going to have a hard time trying to put together a real comprehensive game plan. Uh, I will say, and I don't want to get too, like, um, you know, two over one play, but the third down conversion that Keon picks up is uh, – like one of the wildest catches I've ever seen. I don't know that Keon sees that ball really at all. He basically catches it with his thigh. Um, and it's, it's also a hell of a throw. I saw some people on social media joke that it went through the same time warp that uh, that crazy Jameis pass did against Louisville in 2014 that seemingly went through, you know, three different Louisville defenders' hands or whatever it was. Uh just, I mean, I've gone back and watched it three or four times. I said the same thing live. I, I really don't think Keon ever saw the ball. I just think you got a little lucky and you're dealing with a athlete number four that's just a special type of dude. So, um, yeah, you're a little banged up at wide receiver. I'd love to see more. Uh, biscuits catch early in the game. I see some people commenting about absolutely hilarious. Uh, Biscuit is a very, very talented basketball player. 
and basically looked like a guy who like started to go behind, with like a behind the back pass and then realized he didn't have to do it and was just going to pull back. Um, that was a, that was an awesome catch and uh, great to see, uh, great to see Marquise and Douglas, affectionately known as Biscuit, continue to uh, be a bigger piece of the offense uh, moving forward. So um, I'm going to go through here. I thought uh, you running backs, I guess I've talked about wide receivers, offensive line, uh, another solid night for the, your tight ends. Uh, Morlock becoming more and more a piece of the offense and strategy. Um, Jaheim Bell is just a dude. And Jaheim Bell, you know, some people want to act like they're about it. And then some people play football in the manner that Jaheim Bell does. I mean, the way that that guy has just got a little extra for you is <laughs> is the way that, uh, you know, if I was good enough to play college football at a place like Florida State, I would have liked to have had that type of attitude on the field. Uh, I love just the little the little extra that he's got for you uh, when you score, whether it be him carrying in the ball or uh, him giving a little extra on a block to somebody. So, um, and Hakeem Williams is uh, just continuing to emerge. And I'm not trying to slight him when I talked about that kickoff return. I just don't think, you know, Deuce knew he was going to score. Deuce <laughs> uh, downshifted to about third gear as soon as he was on about the 35, it looked like to me. Uh, but Hakeem picks up a massive, if I remember correctly, Hakeem picks up a massive third down conversion. Hakeem is getting plays in – the most uh, important aspects uh, of the game. And uh, I think you got to be really, really happy about where you are with number eight and the development that you're getting from him. I want to thank our friends at For the Table Restaurant Group. Haven't had a chance to get over to Charlie Park yet, but I certainly will uh, before I leave. Got back to the hotel last night late, went over to Madso for a, a, uh, a nightcap for a single drink to see some friends and there's no better place than Madison Social uh, out there. It's just kind of the quintessential experience of being a Florida State supporter to go to a place like that, be able to look at the stadium, have a cocktail, toast to uh, being 7-0, and Madso, Township, Charlie Park, all the things that For the Table put their name on. Great, uh, just great people. Love Florida State Athletics and uh, pretty, pretty darn good at the hospitality game. So... Big tip of the hat to Matt Thompson and his team. Uh, it is really hard to do a show and look at the comments when you're the only person. So I've missed almost every comment. I'm going to try to dedicate the next five to ten minutes to just starting at the top and working way down. If there's uh, anything that you guys want to uh, throw out there, uh, feel free to do so. And I'll try to uh, try to get to them as, uh, as much as I can. Also want to encourage you guys to support the Battles Inn if you have an interest in such a thing. Um, if you look at social media, whether mine or, or the Battles Inn, uh, Twitter account, other things that we have out there, we've got a $70 one-time give if you want to do that in, uh, in reflection of Florida State moving to 7-0. I don't ever want the Nolcast to be like me just staying in y'all's ears about the Battles Inn, but can't tell you how critical it is. Uh, to Florida State meeting the criteria for competitiveness. And uh, the battlesend.com is the website. And if you're somebody that cares 
enough about Florida State athletics and has the emotional investment that you do to be 25 minutes into a podcast or YouTube, I would, uh, you know, ask that you give us serious consideration. And I can only tell you that it is uh, wildly important. So uh, with that, let's get to questions. Um, okay. I have a lot of talk about a Discord channel. Don't know that that is in the works for the Nolcast. Is honestly, we're at about our bandwidth as we are right now, uh, doing a podcast alone between the two of us. Um, okay. Anybody notice? Uh, anybody notice if Jared Verse played? Didn't notice him once. Yeah, I don't. Of course, he played. Hell of a player. Florida State's fortunate to have him. Uh, chase the quarterback out of pocket routinely. Uh, somebody asked why it took my mom so long to come back to campus. Yeah, I don't know. I think my mom just a uh, busy lady. And honestly, all my friends, uh, I was talking, um, my mom came back with me, had a great time with her. Um, I think it's the first time she's been back to campus. She graduated. Maybe this won't surprise y'all, but I basically made all my friends in middle school and high school Florida State fans. And for whatever reason, whenever I came down to Tallahassee, I came down with one of them. And also my best friend growing up, his family was from Tallahassee. So I was frequently down here with him. But it was great to have my mom uh, around this weekend. And a very special weekend uh, for me. Um, yeah, a lot of talk about the holding. I mean, yeah, there. I guess there were a lot of early calls that I thought were went against Florida State um, on the whole. I don't know that the the uh, officiating was all that one lopsided. It was just uh, just ACC refs being ACC refs. But some of the early holds, wild. Like I said, Fisk got held multiple times after just throwing a defender out of his way, which really frustrating. Because look, if you're you know locked in and engaged with a guy. It's hard to get called for holding. Um, most of the time, you have to create space. Like if you're a defender, your jersey needs to be seen by the official to have an appreciation for holding. Um, and that was happening, and you still weren't getting the calls, so that's tough. Uh, but this plays rear off. Deloach was held on the first long run, rather clearly. Uh, yeah. So I don't. It was frustrating early, but on the whole. I didn't leave the stadium thinking that the officials were like wildly lopsided. I just left the stadium thinking that the officials were, um, you know, as we've come to expect. A couple of recruiting questions. I just, unfortunately, uh, with my role with the battles in, I'm not, it's not a good idea for me to talk about recruits. It could just be misconstrued. It could be, um, no, one way or another. It's just not something I'm going to be able to do. Uh, on this platform and uh that's that uh, a lot of talk about adam fuller and the adjustments that he's made yeah no i mean the adjustments that he's made but really the you know duke came out with a plan duke had a couple opportunities early that they converted on and if you want to be frustrated by the fact that it does look like um you know a lot of people's original possessions are successful then yeah, that's fine. But, you know, when, when you give up 10 or 13 uh, to a team, it's going to be hard to come in here and, and just dog the, the defensive coordinator. Uh, if, if there's some game later in the season where there's some 
absolutely, you know, egregious uh, examples of, you know, lack of being able to adjust or, or being out schemed. then that's one thing, but I'm, I'm not going to be real critical of uh, Adam Fuller after last night or after how his teams played over the last couple of weeks and all for the majority of the season. Um, sorry for the podcast crowd. I know this, or it's not like me scrolling through comments is real awesome for the YouTube crowd either, but uh, just hard to, hard to do both. Um, question about Julian Armella getting some playing time. Yeah, I mean, you know, Julian is, is certainly highly regarded, and um, there are moments just like I've seen at practice that Julian looks like he can be a first-round pick, and then there's moments where, you know, you realize you're probably not – he's not quite able, ready to be out there. There's a lot of variance is what I'm trying to say. I think with more consistency, uh, you'll see Julian. Um, but like moments uh, last week where Hakeem scores and – you see Julian give that effort that he does downfield is that's how you get on the field. And, uh, you know, Julian's engaged, uh, on the sidelines. My interactions with him is that he's, uh, you know, I think he's a, I think he loves to play football and I think he's, you know, if you're a defensive lineman, you may not love going against Julian in practice, but you know, Julian's a good, good teammate. And I think if he continues to develop the way that he does that you'll see, more and more playing time for Julian. Um, you know, the, the real opportunities for for playing time, I think, are are on the interior. Bless is a really good pass uh, pass protecting tackle, and uh, you know, Julian's time will come, and, and Julian's going to be a, a very good player in time. I, I absolutely believe that. Um, Let's see. Fisk reminds me of Bjorn Warner. I, I mean, is it because he's a white guy on the defensive line or or what exactly? Uh, certainly both have, you know, high motors. If that's what you want to use. But, uh, you know, Bjorn was a little bit of a different player. Uh, Fisk is. This is just so not that not that Bjorn wasn't, but Fisk is just so strong and powerful um, that. Yeah, that's it's just a that's a dude, and it was a good uh, ID by the staff and a, a great get uh, in the portal to go out and get that kid because that is a that is an absolute difference maker. And look, man, if, if you, you know, I would be concerned with teams if Florida State were to win out, enter the playoffs, and be relatively healthy. Because if you've got this existing defensive line with Fisk, Farmer, and a and a, a you know Fabo uh, starting to emerge, and then you want to sprinkle a little Daryl Jackson into the mix, um, going to be a problem for people up front. So uh, that would be something something to watch for. But you got some you got some great pieces on the defensive line and on the interior, uh, absolutely. Um, Yep, some more talk about Fisk in the um, in the comments here. Some talk about Chris Fowler. I actually saw him at the the hotel. Not somebody that I mean, I didn't talk to Chris Fowler, but not somebody that I would label as particularly approachable. Um, I think he's uh, I think he I think he just does his own thing. Um, 
And if he was calling Jordan uh, JT Daniels or whatever else, then that's that's funny as some commenters have uh, chosen. Uh, Nathan Hornblower talks a little bit about the rotation of running backs and whether or not you, uh, you know, maybe you would ever try to find a position where you could work Benson in as a complimentary back is that might help him. Yeah. I mean, look, I've I've talked about this before that I, I just, you know, Benson looks like somebody that, you know, needs to work his way into a game a little bit. I also think, you know, Benson is, um, a guy that in has carries the ball the most. So my point is is trying to get here is that he's he's your number one carrier, and he seems to be the one guy who carries the ball in what I would call the most predictable of situations. And uh, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, you know this is just not a line uh, an offensive line group right now uh, as it's you know as it's put together both uh, from a player perspective and, and injury perspective that you're going to be able to just line up and blow people off the ball in predictive run situations and stuff like that. So um, I do think that Rodney Hill is a guy that, that Nathan suggests and Rodney runs super hard and is a really good player. Uh, Toa Philly continues to be a dynamic piece, but because uh, Holmes is playing at a really high level and it's great to see that guy go out there and continue to earn more and more snaps and, um, that's a, it's a little confusing when you're at the game to try to figure out whether or not it was 26 or 29 who was carrying the ball. But, uh, cause I Holmes is a really good player who continues to work real hard and continues to, uh, you know, just kind of the, the way he's playing, you, you've got to work him into the rotation as well. Uh, some more talks about the, uh, the tight ends, and yeah, they were incorporated more. You know, Morlock has the one play called back where he steps out of bounds, but it was, you know, a situation like that. I just you acknowledge the uh, the play made, and you acknowledge that you know Jordan went to him basically like in a fantasy situation. What I'm trying to, you know, you, I label that a target. I label that um, as quarterback feeling clo- comfortable throwing the ball to the guy. Kid makes a catch. You know, obviously it didn't count, but that's I think indicative of you getting more and more comfortable with Kyle Morlock, Jaheim Bell, Jaheim Bell, I talked about him. He's just a dude. And, uh, you know, you're really good at, at tight end. And then you got, you know, Biscuit out there blocking people and, uh, you know, making catches behind his back and other things like that. So uh, great group there. Uh, a couple of people in the battles in tailgate yesterday. Justin, it's great to meet you as well, man. Thank you. Uh, great to get a chance to talk to you some before the game. Or uh, our friend Nathan also talked about the fact that Jordan was running around and it kind of felt like a situation of, quote, in case of emergency break glass thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it did a little bit there. Uh, I also just think there were some opportunities that presented himself. And once, uh, you know, Jordan carried the ball once or twice, it just seemed to be just just seemed to click there for lack of better words. I don't, I know that's not really, you know, dynamic sports uh, observations, but um, Jordan felt comfortable. Maybe it was because he, he felt that he had to do it. Maybe it was because, you know, he saw uh, a lot of what he's worked for, a lot of what his teammates have worked for potentially, you know, being on the brink there with a loss to Duke. I don't know. What I know is I watched a guy be the best player on the field uh, for the last 20 minutes of the game. And that was, 
what Jordan was frequently last year, and that was that was great to see. Um, okay, here's a really interesting comment. I had a, some conversations with this. Uh, Mr. Neely, I'm not going to pronounce your first name. I, I think I'll mispronounce it. I apologize, but uh, this is an interesting subject matter, and I'd like to talk to Bud about this as well. He writes, interested on the we on the rewatch. If you notice, if we are tipping our running plays, a couple of stretch plays, the defensive line for Duke ran straight to the side of the ball uh, before the ball was ever handed off. So, um, yeah, I th this is a this is a conversation. I'm gonna put a metaphorical pin in, and we are gonna come back to that. I want to go back and watch the tape at a little bit more of a. Uh, a granular level. I'll also say that uh, that last week there was the ACC broadcast or the ABC, and then there was like, what was it, ESPN? It wasn't the ACC network, but it was like, I don't know, whatever network it was, doesn't matter what network it was on, but you had the game, and then you had a, you know, not a perfect version of an All-22, uh, but a pretty good one. And there were a couple plays on that that I watched uh, that I wondered if uh, there, we don't have some tips in what we're doing from a run game perspective as well. So uh, what I will say is that, you know, Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins, and, and trust me, y'all, Florida State is fairly well-staffed and they've got a lot of offensive brains. If, if, if that's there, uh, it'll be found in self-scouting. But it is a, it is a subject matter, um, Mr. Neely, that I've – talked a little bit of and and have had one or two things that I've watched that have kind of caught my eye that made me wonder if that wasn't the case. Uh, a little bit of talk about Mike's decisions to go for it on third down. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's just who Mike is. You know, you, uh, Mike Norvell is a super dynamic uh, head coach and does a lot of things incredibly well. And if you disagree with his fourth down decisions, I understand it. You can have that opinion. Uh, but I think that's just who, who he is. That's the way he's going to play. Um, and if you want to be critical of going for it when you're, you know, what, down and you're, uh, what, on your own 36 or whatever, then I get it. But I'll also say, uh, and I'm not trying to carry water for Mike Norvell, nor does he need me to, but the sport – is going more and more towards a sport where you you got to maximize your possessions. Um, and I don't have a problem with a coach going for it on all four. Now, look, if it's, you know, fourth and 11 and you go for it and you're on 29 or something, then yeah, you're, you're being, a, you know, you're being silly, but uh, I don't have a whole lot of problem with, with what transpired last night from a fourth down perspective. Um. Yeah, Duke getting uh, pressure rushing three uh, is was a little frustrating. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nathan says he's going to call the Hotel Indigo and send housekeeping back up here. That's very funny and uh, would be totally appreciated, I can assure you, sir. Uh, let's see. A little bit of talk about the, uh, the catch from Keon that I was referencing there. And yeah, no, the Keon Coleman, if you were in the uh, in the crowd last night, the chance of Keon Coleman, that was uh, started, sure seemed like it, it emanated from the student section. 
Uh, yeah, that was cool. I, I've got to say, look, dude, like I like I opened in the first ninety seconds of the podcast, the crowd was incredible last night. It was, you know, the the term electric environment gets overused, but it was awesome, awesome environment, uh, special night, and uh, that literally reminded me of being twelve or thirteen years old and. I mean, the last guy, to my knowledge, that the fan base did that for is Peter Warwick. Uh, and that's that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. And Keon is a is a special type of dude and also a hilarious individual. Um, yeah, questions about the thoughts of the OL. I, I mean, I, I'll wait for official. I, I just think Rob Scott, somebody you're going to have to continue to mention or uh, kind of manage but that looks like it's headed in the right direction. Uh, we'll, we'll see on everybody else. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just some chatters are just hilarious here. Uh, or, yeah, some, uh, a lot of talk about uh, Kaziah Holmes absolutely is uh, just making a case for himself as to uh, why he's got to continually be part of what the offense is. And, uh, man, that's that's good for that kid. That's There's a lot of running backs uh, on that team that are really good players, and he's done nothing but just work his rear end off. And um, – is, is a guy that's got to be part of the rotation at this point. So uh, there are legitimately like six comments about the housekeeping that have made me crack up in reviewing this. Y'all are very, very funny. And uh, that was a, that was a funny little interchange there. So um, I think that is about it. Yeah. If you are watching this and can give us a, like button or uh, whatever else would be greatly appreciated. Um, Clemson Miami game. I'd be interested in, you know, knowing kind of just what y'all's thoughts were on that. Uh, I was, I'm always going to root for Miami to lose. Uh, but Clemson losing in the manner that they did. I mean, I, I would have preferred for Miami to lose. Let me, let me restate that. That's absolutely the case, but Oh, man, that is kind of going in the direction that maybe a lot of us thought it might be coming into this year. So Clemson will be one to uh, to keep an eye on, man. They they uh, A lot of those kids still play, still try really hard and, and uh, work hard, but some of some of the in-game decision making there is uh, is remarking, remarkable. And when you got, you know, Davo and, and Cristobal dueling as in-game coaches it is uh it's quite the quite the duo to watch so um we're 42 minutes into a solo podcast uh that you know probably hasn't been all that great based off some of the dead spaces uh in trying to catch up with chat and acknowledge some of the really good questions and things that were thrown out there so i think i will wrap up here uh thoroughly enjoyed it apologize that this is a little bit later on uh, some of the, you know, not really not an instant reaction, but uh, great to be able to respond uh, 
to what I saw last night, be able to interact with some of y'all. And uh, it was great to uh, be able to catch up with many of you guys in person as well. So I think Bud and I will be back recording tomorrow night and uh, we'll give it a another rewatch and have a little bit more of a uh, in-depth look and Bud will go over the prize picks. Uh, he's, he's honestly having to carry the, carry the torch when it comes to that one this year. I've got, uh, I'm just, yeah, tough, tough for me to be as informed as I was last year on that. So uh, thank you sponsors. I went over um, the, the legendary team, the great people of congruity, Madison social, Got a couple bottles of Louisiana hot sauce somewhere around here. Had them at the tailgate yesterday. Y'all, love you. This has been brilliant, as always. Look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Gold Knowles, 7-0. What's up? We're good at football again. Cheers.